0: Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, let's get started today. Let's jump right into it. Back by popular demand, we are going to start another response to a good faith debate from Gospel Coalition. I know I said I wouldn't do any more of these. I said that they've kind of you know, run their course and all of that kind of thing. And I I fully intended that that was my position. However, um, people just keep commenting that they they love it. They love the content. So if you don't like this content, well, I apologize for that. But I'm a man of the people. You know what I mean? I do the videos for you, and I just got quite a few requests. So I don't know if we'll do like a full deep dive or anything like that. But we're definitely going to start talking about the latest good faith debate, which is should Christians send their kids to public school, which the answer is no. In any case, uh, before we begin, I wanted to just show you this picture that I found on Reddit. I guess this was uh, put out by the U.S. government and it's a picture of the, uh, of the Chinese spy balloon that was allegedly flying over Montana, that was allegedly shot down and allegedly, I guess there's maybe more of them. I, I don't really know what the allegations are, but really don't care. What I-, what I wanted to show you was this. Now, this is the spy balloon and you- as you can see... It's a satellite. It's a satellite. This is exactly what the ISS looks like. It may be a little smaller, of course. This is exactly what every satellite that they claim is just floating around up there looks like. And it is attached to a gigantic balloon. That's how it floats. Which makes a lot of sense because, you know, that's typically how things that float do float we attach balloons to them like if you're in a if you're in a hot air balloon you know you, you go in a basket and you don't, you don't just float you uh you 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 are attached to a balloon and so you're floating and I think this is them telling us that all the satellites that, are, that we see up there you know and I've seen them you know like the, the floating in the night sky and stuff like that well they're attached to balloons that's what's going on here that actually makes quite a bit of sense when you think about it more sense than the than the idea that they're just floating up there because that's what they claim. Now, they're attached to balloons, and this is an image that shows that these satellites, which I guess are we're now calling spy balloons, are uh, attached to balloons. But let's just jump into it. That's enough conspiracy for the day. Should Christians send their kids to public school Good Faith Debate. This is uh, a debate between John Pennington, who is, I, I think he's at S uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's the guy that they wheeled out when they needed someone to defend that Dominic Dominguez guy, who was saying that, like, the Book of Genesis was a bunch of myths. Um, they needed to defend him, so they got Jonathan Pennington out to say, Oh, you're a beautiful brother, a brown brother in Christ, and, and all of that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, he's a company man, and uh, of course, that's what Gospel Coalition's all about, company men. And they have him debating against uh, the the grand matriarch of the village church, Jennifer Wilkin, um, who I've got opinions about, but I'm just gonna keep it uh, keep it uh, brief here. I don't like her, and I don't like her teaching. And you know, this is this is the thing. So we're gonna get into this. I haven't seen the whole video here. I have seen a snippet or two, um, so I'm not totally fresh going into this, but. But Jen Wilkin is the pro public school side, which makes perfect sense because she's a prog. She's a liberal. She's a progressive. And then John Pennington is the hey, they shouldn't go to public school um kind of position which also makes perfect sense because he's a company man he's not going to actually take a hard line on this he's actually not going to put forward the best arguments he's going to put forward the company approved arguments the guild approved arguments and that's what these debates are all about they're not really debates they're all about pushing the church leftward leftward and leftward and leftward and leftward so let's jump into it let's see what the matriarch of village church has to say about public school Very serious. Very serious. Dark lighting. It's very good stuff. Welcome to TGC's Good Faith Debate. Interesting. Now, the debate started off very ominous. The very ominous, very serious sound. It was more like a tone. It wasn't really a song. It was just kind of like a boom. Like, you know, like it it, it reminds you of a... um, of a serious movie's like trailer, boom, like that. And it was very dark. And if you remember, we had criticized the previous good faith debate because it was very ominous lighting, very villainous lighting. And Marcus Pittman said it was villain lighting. He showed us a few examples of the kind of lighting that they were going for. And uh, it was just very awkward and weird. Like, why would you light your stage that way in a good faith debate? Well, it looks like they've responded. Gospel Coalition has responded, and they've given us a much more soft tone to their lighting. The stage is a lot more effeminate. It's a lot more um, inviting. Like, you wouldn't have any problem talking to someone here because this is not going to be a hard-hitting debate. This is not—there's nothing scary here. This is well-lit. It's very soft. The tones are very soft. And it's very interesting. Now, um, so, so I guess good on Gospel Coalition. I mean, this is better than the villain lighting. Still not quite the right tone for, in my opinion, for a debate. But again, these aren't really debates. These are just all about, you know, progressivizing the church. Interesting, uh, I'm not an expert on, on body language or, uh, or 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 dressing and things like that, but if you notice, of course, these, the two men are dressed in a very Mr. Rogers kind of a way, very casual but academic at the same time. So this is the kind of thing that you'd expect a college professor to wear, which I think he is a college professor, so that makes perfect sense. I mean, he dresses for his part. Um, and so is he. He's he's very you know, non-threatening. You, you're never going to feel threatened by a guy dressed like this and that this is an intentional way that they've chosen to dress. People dress a certain way to tell a certain story. But just in, inexplicably, I, I just I cannot for the life of me understand what is going on here with this Sith Lord attire that Jen Wilkin is wearing. And, and all of the women who debated in these good faith debates, they all dressed like Sith Lords. Now, obviously, Karen Pryor, I don't want to call her Swallow Pryor because I don't want to give any credence to that nonsense of your maiden name. That's just ridiculous. Karen Pryor, of course, dressed the most like a Sith Lord and actually looks like a Sith Lord. Um, Jen Wilkin doesn't really look like a Sith Lord, but she does kind of look like that dark side version of Rey from Star Wars. Like she's obviously wearing these very ominous clothing. It's it's a very it's a contrast here. So you see the woman who's supposed to be delicate and soft, because that's how God made women. She's dressed like a Sith Lord. And then, of course, you've got the men who are supposed to be iron sharpening iron, a little bit gruff, a little bit rough around the edges, maybe a little bloat maxing going on, that kind of thing. That's how men are supposed to look, but they end up looking soft. And it's like... I'm not trying to criticize their, their style because their st- this is appropriate for a college professor. I'm not saying they're dressing inappropriately, but you can see the contrast that is being set up. And I d- don't think for a second that any of this is unintentional. This is intentional. So we've got a very hardened woman on one side, and then we've got softened men. And again, I'm not criticizing college professors. We need college professors. But in a debate, this is sending you a message. And I just, I just find this so Weird. Why do the women always dress like Sith Lords?
1: I think I know why. I think you know why. But let's move on and start this debate. So these are a series of conversations designed to help you navigate difficult and maybe even polarizing issues in contemporary life and culture. My name is Jim Davis. Pastor but they're not or- designed for that. They're designed to help you navigate it leftward. That's what they're designed
0: to help you do. They're designed to help you to help normalize. And we're going to talk about normalizing things in a second. They're designed to help normalize progressivism in the evangelical church. They're, They're designed to make the church less conservative and more progressive. They're designed to subvert the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's what these debates are designed for. They're supposed to make you think that this is normal. We've got a hardened woman on this side, a softened man on this side. We come together, meeting of the minds, and we march leftwards. That's what this is designed to do. It's supposed to normalize that activity. And we will never, ever stand for that being normalized in the church of Jesus Christ. We will not. You will be kicked out of the church before we stand for this kind of nonsense.
1: Orlando Grace Church, and it is a privilege Boom. to be able to be here and moderate these debates.
0: Look how much the topic so at matchy. Look today at his shoes is the matchy education of our children.
1: This is a very... Passionate and complex issue because this involves those that we love most in the world It's a very passionate and it's complex issue. because How much there much you are many different variables people will not be passionate in conviction any way. and in context and Finances and family dynamics So I appreciate today that we get to have Jen Wilkin and dr. Jonathan Pennington join us to talk about this very important issue Jen Wilkin is a Bible teacher and author in Dallas, Texas mother of five Dr. Pennington is a professor at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, a pastor, and father of six. Thank you so much, both of you. Two things I noticed there: he
0: is. I liked how he went the Southern Baptist University or Seminary or whatever he said. I liked that. That was good. That was very good. I like that. Um, but if you notice, he what he did there, he introduced the people and he he talked about their vocation and then how many children they have. Their vocation and how many children he had, and he's. Again, this is all about normalizing sort of like the strong woman who's coming in to be iron sharpening iron. She's got her big ideas and she's, gonna, she's gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hash this out, we're gonna chop it up and we're gonna debate this thing. And I'm dressed like a Sith Lord, you're dressed like a little pansy and we're gonna hash this out. And I've got a job too, I've got my career. And this is so interesting because this plays directly into this debate, right? Because, because the reality is so often we hear people, well, I don't have the money to private school, and I have to work uh, so I can't homeschool either. And, and so often what we have is is people saying, I can't do what I know I should do. I know that public school is not good um, and not ideal, but my situation, I can't do it. And I would, I'm not going to say there's no situations like that, right? Of course, I think that there probably could be some situations where you literally cannot do anything but public school. I think that those situations are hardly ever true. And there's a few of them, but chances are you're not in that situation. What normally is the case, though, is that mom is not willing to give up her career. Mom's got a very big, important career. She's a Bible teacher. She's, got, she's in ministry. She's a full-time minister. Whatever that's supposed to mean as a woman, she's a, she doesn't want to give up her career, and so the kids go to public school. They, get, they go learn a, a, a pagan ideology. Or, 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 or maybe if she's not a career woman, maybe they don't want to give up a certain level of, of standard of living, right? We want to live in a certain neighborhood. We want to have a certain size house. We want to have a certain kind of car. We want to have certain kinds of clothes. We want to dress like Sith Lords in different, every day of the week a different outfit, you know, uh, just, like, uh, just like this one kind of thing. We want to have a certain—we are not willing to give that up. And so their kids are going to public school. It's not a matter of can't. It's a matter of not willing. And I believe that there's a quote coming in this debate where Jen Wilkin admits she didn't really seriously try to, to, to p- private school or, or homeschool her kids. It really wasn't a serious consideration. And that's the case for most people. The, the, the fact is you could do it. You could figure it out, but you choose not to. You, it is not worth the effort to you. And that's a big problem. And the thing is, in the old days, you, maybe, maybe we can make an argument. The schools aren't that bad, things like that. That's a different issue. We're in 2023, we know what happens at these schools. They're indoctrinated by an anti-Christ worldview in every class. It's not just social studies. It's not just health class. It's not just science. It's in every class, math, everything, diversity, equity, and inclusion, the gay stuff, the trans stuff. This is, this is so antithetical to Christ's worldview. And, 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 the, and the reality is, we're gonna talk about this in a minute, it's not just the lessons. It's not just the stuff you see in the lessons plans, it's other stuff. And this is just a very naive position to put your kids in harm's way like that. In 2023, public schools are, are, are a battlefield and an indoctrination camp, and it's not appropriate for a Christian to send their children to an, a, a pagan and enemy indoctrination camp. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it's putting a stumbling block in front of them. It's something you ought not to do. And so you would ought rather to eat beans and rice every day if that's what it took to put your kids in private school or to homeschool. If that's what it took, you should be willing to do that. Because eating beans and rice is a small price to pay to not have your child brainwashed by enemies. And they're not just your enemies. They're enemies of Jesus. They're enemies of Jesus Christ
1: for joining us today.
0: So the fact is they're not willing to do it. It's not that they, they can't do it. It's that they can't do it while maintaining the things that they want to maintain, their career or their financial position. It's not that they can't do it. It's just that they're unwilling to make the sacrifices necessary. Look, when Jesus Christ says to count the cost, that's not just a coffee mug type of a verse where you put it in there and you feel good about yourself. You actually do have to count the cost. And sometimes the cost is, I don't get to wear the fancy pants. That's the Noah Benjamin thing. I don't get to wear the fancy pants the way I want to. You know what I mean? Maybe I only have one you know, nice change of clothes, and then I'm wearing some secondhand stuff. Or maybe it's all secondhand. Or maybe I have to live with my parents. Or maybe I have to do this or do that. I'm living in a, a worse neighborhood or whatever it is. Like, like, this is. This is the reality. You have to count the cost. If you're going to have children, don't send them to the enemy encampment. Don't send them to the enemy indoctrination center. Don't don't send them to a a place where they're going to normalize every single part of an anti-Christian worldview every single day of their lives. It doesn't make
1: sense. All right. Sorry for the interruption. We're going to continue. So, Jen, we'll start with you. What is your perspective on this issue?
2: Well, my perspective is heavily autobiographical. Um, Our kids did go to public school and uh, not only that, but my family is filled with public educators. Uh, My mother taught in the public school system at all levels, all of her career. My father served on the school board in our hometown. Um, My siblings and I were all public school educated. I have a brother who is an assistant principal at a public high school. I have a brother who was in the inaugural class of Teach for America. He taught a year in Bedford-Stuy in New York City and a year in rural Arkansas and ended up with a teaching career in rural Arkansas. Um, Yeah, my sister-in-law teaches at the middle school in my district right now. My mother-in-law is a retired teacher. My daughter is a chemistry teacher who's taught in the public schools and I have a nephew who's gonna be a history teacher. So we're we're all in on the public schools uh, in our family. And you can imagine that as someone who was in full-time outward-facing ministry, that was met with a lot of raised eyebrows through the years, Um, especially when you have a- What is
0: that supposed to mean? I'm in full-time outward-facing ministry. As a woman, what is that supposed to mean? Is she a pastor? Is she a deacon? What, what, what is she, she she writes books, That's what she does. She, she basically is a pastor without the title. She writes books and things like that, and that's a full-time role for her. So quite frankly, what this, the, we, we don't know the the exact reasons for this exchange, what the motivations really are. We could guess at some of the motivations, but the exchange that she made was I wanted to maintain my career. I'm a full-time outward- facing minister. That to me was more important than doing the right thing for my children. That's the exchange that was made. And she's going to justify it in all kinds of ways. Oh, the public schools aren't that bad. Oh, you got to love your neighbor. Oh, you got to like and all this kind of stuff. But none of it makes any sense when you actually open up the hood, maybe dig a little bit, you know, an inch deep, ask a few key questions. And again, this is not 1986. You know what I mean? The schools were bad back when I went to school in the 90s. The schools were bad. I, I remember distinctly hearing things that I know were against God's word. And they shaped me, man, but even more than the lessons, again, this is, this is about more than the lessons, because I remember anti-Jesus lessons, right? I remember anti-Christ lessons, anti-Christian worldview lessons. But those were easy enough to identify, right? Like, I knew that I was taught something different at home. And and look, my parents, you know, were, were great parents. They did a great job. I went to public school. All my brothers, my brother and sister went to public school. And we're all Christians now. So we, I know that it's not like a death sentence for your children. That's not what I'm saying. And I love my parents, and I'm grateful for the job they did on me. I, you know, I'm not doing the same for my kids, and I don't think they made the right choice. But at the end of the day, everything turned out okay. I remember the lessons where they told me that God did not create the world in 6 days. I remember the lessons where they told me that God did not make man, did not create with man in mind, right? He created uh, or he didn't even create. It were just like a meaningless universe and somehow rocks turned into life and right life turned into humans. I remember learning all this stuff and I remember I remember conflict with my grandmother. Um, talking about some of the stuff I had learned, and my grandmother was a simple woman, and she said, nope, that's not what the Bible says, and I remember conflict, and so there were some seeds sown there, but at least the stuff that was lessons, I could, I could, I knew that it was different than what I had been taught, right, so there was an awareness there, right, but the stuff that's really dangerous is not the lesson plans necessarily, it's the stuff that's just assumed, the environmental stuff that, that, that changes how you act and how you, you view the world without you being overtly taught it. Like for example, let me just let me just use this as most of my teachers were females, right? They were mostly women. And so to a woman, the way you relate to one another, the way you debate with one another, the way you the way you, you handle conflict, it's completely different and sometimes inappropriate for, for, for men. And so I talk to my brother about this all the time. Like we were, we were, we were fish swimming in a water of feminism. And and that's not, I'm not trying to exaggerate. Like that's really what it was like. It's, It's obviously it wasn't really a fish. That's not what I'm saying. But we 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 had to navigate looking at the world like a woman looks at the world. And look, women look at the world like women, and that's great for women, but for 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 young men growing up, that's not great. And there are things that we learn, and we didn't learn this in a lesson plan. We didn't learn it in an, an official kind of a way. It was just the air we breathed. I have to deprogram a lot of that stuff. And even now, even now, I, I catch myself, and I think, you know, that's not really true. And the, and the and the problem is that these guys here, these two men, either they never unlearned it or they're unwilling. Because the Gospel Coalition in, reinforces... Uh, effeminate actions, effeminate behaviors, effeminate interactions. That's why this whole good faith debate is uh, effeminate. And 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 the reality is like 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 that's the real danger, right? Because the lessons, you know, yeah, a lot of people fall for the lessons too, and they say, oh yeah, Jesus didn't create the world in six days. They fall for the the antichrist lessons. But but for me, it wasn't like that. I knew the alarm bells went off. I knew it was different than what I had learned, right? But. It's the, it's the stuff that's not part of the lesson, but we're going to talk about that in just a minute.
2: Let's let larger-than-average number of kids, people immediately assume that if you were a person of strong religious convictions with a large family, you are either homeschooling or doing private school.
0: You know, there's a uh, reason they assume that is because that's often the case, because that's often what works, and that's what Christians have seen. The schools got worse and worse and worse, and now they're, 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 they're training grounds for the LGBT cult. They're training grounds for the socialist cult. That's all they are now. And so people see that, and they're like, wait, you're sending your kids to the LGBT Glisten cult? That's weird. Like, I, I know you're the matriarch of my church, but, like, that's a little strange. And it is strange. And that's, that's a sign, Jen. That's a sign.
2: And we didn't. And we did choose public school out of conviction, but I always like to make clear up front that we did not have any special conviction. You chose it out
0: of convenience. And your ultimate desires that outweighed your desire to do the right thing for your children. And then you justified it by pretending you had conviction. Because you cannot show me something in the scripture that says, you know what? Send your kids to the Philistines. Because you got to love your neighbor. I mean, the the Philistines are also made in the image of God. Send your kids to learn about the world, the universe, how it was created, how you should act to, to the Egyptians. Do it. Look, look. A lot of Israelites were trained in Egyptian schools, or well, not a lot, but some were, and they ended up okay. They ended up following the Lord, right? So, okay, I get it. I understand. That happens sometimes, but it, you're, you're trying to make it seem like, oh yeah, I searched the scriptures, and I saw that it was actually a moral imperative. If I love Christ, I send my kids to the Philistines or the Egyptians to learn what they think about everything. I mean, they're on mission. I don't know if she says that, but that's a lot of people say No, no, that's not what happened, Jen. What happened was you decided you wanted to be a full-time minister. I didn't have time to train my own kids, and I wanted to live a certain lifestyle that just did not—I had to send my kids to public school. And then you went, and you tried to justify it in the scriptures. This is what all sin does. When, when, when When a Christian sins, they do this exact thing. They have ultimate desires that outweigh the desire to serve Christ, and then they search the scriptures to try to figure out how they can justify it. That's what you did, Jen in that. And these are- guys aren't going to tell you that. These guys aren't going to tell you that because they're focused on another uh, another uh, 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 priority, and that's to be appear winsome, to appear reasonable, to appear lovely, and to appear uh, softened. They don't want to appear like a hardened guy. That's why they have the haircuts they have. That's why they're dressed the way they're dressed, and that's why you're dressed the way you're dressed. They're not going to tell you this because they don't care about you. They care about their careers. their company men. But Jen, you, you, you ought to repent for this. This is something that, that, that ought not to have been. You did not have the conviction to do this.
2: Kids um, did not have learning disabilities. There were no special concerns that might have played into that decision for us, and I'm very sensitive to that. Not only that, we always lived near excellent schools. So I would never say everyone should choose public school, uh, but I would say that we should try really hard to, if at all possible. Um, BECAUSE WE BELIEVE IN THE PUBLIC SCHOOL IDEAL. Uh, WE BELIEVE THAT EDUCATION IS A RIGHT. IT'S NECESSARY FOR HUMAN FLOURISHING. IT'S GOOD FOR SOCIETY. Uh, IT'S A MARK OF CIVILIZATION THAT YOU HAVE AN EDUCATED uh, CITIZENRY. AND SO IF THAT IS SOMETHING THAT YOU CAN SEE, THEN YOU WOULD VALUE THAT YOU WOULD HAVE QUALITY EDUCATION FOR EVERYONE. You SEE, the, the, all-
0: THERE'S SO MUCH HERE THAT I, I DON'T HAVE THE TIME TO UNPACK it ALL, but but a couple things happened there that were very very sneaky and i think that jen wilkins pretty smart so i'm not saying that she's not smart i think she did this intentionally one one thing that she did was she 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 said a lot of things that were true and a lot of things that were untrue all at once and she you know you now now you need to pull them apart education is not a right number 1 education is not a right because education is something that you get from somebody else. Somebody teaches you, somebody helps you, somebody guides you. And so you don't have a right to that person's labor, obviously. Number two, she mixed up. If you notice, she, she did not say that, that all the good things about education, you know, it's a mark of civilization. It's a good thing. It's a benefit. It's a, it's a sign of human flourishing. All that's great stuff. What does that have to do with public education? Did you notice she said they should have the be- everyone needs to have the right to have access to the best education. And um, that's a sign of human flourishing. Well, maybe education is a sign of human flourishing. Maybe it's not. But what does it have to do with public education? What does the best education have to do with public education? What does the best kind of schooling have to do with what your kids get in public school in the United States? There's so many mishmash and and things you need to pull apart here and so, so she's she's saying some true things but she's mixing it with false things and then she's also just assuming that the best is public uh, the best is public i can't wait for her to, to see, see how she defends this now i don't have, i have no faith whatsoever that these two men are going to have her defend this uh through the scripture um, because she said the public school is the ideal convictionally it's the ideal situation is what she said so i'm assuming i guess she has to mean that I, the bible puts out public education as the ideal i'd love to see her defend that i'd love to see her defend that do i think that the public education is it's impossible for it to be moral i don't think that not necessarily not necessarily But that's not what our situation is now. Like, we're not talking about uh, a good situation, like an ideal moral education that we're getting in 2023 in the United States. We're talking about an evil uh, antichrist education that you're getting in 2023. And no subject is is apart from this. Every subject is poisoned by an antichrist ideology in the United States. It is just that simple. All
2: possible. And we believed that our participation in the public school system was directly related to Loving our neighbors, and so if we could opt in at all, then we absolutely would. There's no way to. they're going to
0: challenge her on that. Uh, they so should, though. We did, they need to. we
2: opted in, and um, I would say that um, one of the big things that helped us to be able to say yes to the public schools was. Uh, that we believed that worldview came from your home, your worldview and your values came from your home. And I think that that's what everyone believes in the education debate, but I don't know that the public school parent always gets credit for that perspective. Uh, We did not think that it was a simple matter of just sending them off to get educated and then everything would sort of fall into play. The church would pick up the, the slack on whatever they needed to get for their Christian worldview. Jeff and I are um, nerdy people who like to learn, and so our children's love of learning in all likelihood, or in fact I hope, came from the ethos that was in our home, and we knew that that would be a factor in the way that they inhabited a public school space, that if they were in a classroom where that love of learning was not being particularly um, amplified, that we could pick up the slack at home. We definitely had lots of conversations about everything that they were learning and uh, the social elements as well. Uh, But because the education, the quality of education piece was not a question for us, we knew they would get an excellent learning experience and we welcomed the social aspect of it. The public schools were uh, an easy yes for us in the space that we were in.
0: All right, well in the space that I'm in, that makes absolutely no sense and you are one of the most naive people that's ever been on a good faith debate. That's in the space that I'm in, you know? So, 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 so this space over here, in reality, you are naive. She just said, oh yeah, you know, I know that there's some things over in that school that that's not, we, we, need, we had lots of, conver- me and my husband, we love to learn. We love to learn and we had lots of conversations about every lesson that they had. That's so naive, number one. It's so naive, but it doesn't even matter. Let's just give it to her. Every lesson plan, they, they reviewed it. They knew it was going to be a thorough education. They, let's just give it to her. Every single thing she said, they did. They had conversations about every social interaction. That is naive. why well. <laughs> That's naive on the level that I, I can't even imagine uh, ever being duped. As a parent, to thinking that I, I knew about every social interaction my kid had, because I know for a fact, my parents were involved in my life, my parents were not absentees. they they asked me about things, and I know how many secrets I kept from my parents. It was a lot. It was a lot. I kept a lot of secrets. I did you know, things like, okay, but let's just give it to her her children are. Perfect. They tell them everything. They've had conversations, lots of conversations. This is how people justify this, by the way. It's not convictional. This is just a standard justification. This is nothing new from Jen Wilkin. We had lots of conversations. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Here's the problem. It's the lessons are a problem, but that's not the biggest problem. The social interactions, you know, I saw a kid being bullied, and that's the kind of thing you imagine. Oh, you know, I saw a lesbian. Like, like that's the kind of stuff you imagine. And, and maybe they did have conversations about that, because that's the big stuff, right? Because I remember the big stuff that I encountered at school, I told my parents about. But then there were some other things that I didn't. But it's not even that stuff, right? I, I did keep secrets, but I'm not—maybe um, her kids weren't like me, right? They weren't. I'm not saying every kid's like me that had secrets from his parents. It's the stuff that they don't even know that they're learning. It is so naive. It is naive on a level. I can't imagine any Christian being in 2023 to think that you know everything that is being, that you're being affected by from this worldview. Let me give you an example. I saw this thread from Jeff Wright um, about the movie Encanto. And it is such a good Thread. I like the movie Encanto, and, and, and Jeff Wright here is saying he can't get past Luisa. This is one of the sisters who's—it's it's a male character, but they made it a sister, and she's a strong woman, and she's physically a beast. She's Look, she's lifting four donkeys here— you know everything's very strong but even the character she's conflicted because she wants to live a normal like non like pressure filled life as a regular girl but she's got this superpower and everyone expects her to do all this stuff and hold all this uh, weight up and things like that and all of that so 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 yes yeah, like I, I like i get i get it but but she, yeah she's a beast right this is an obvious problem so if you see a movie like this with your kids you, you know, you can talk to them about how the fact that, you know, obviously Louisa is uh, is not a real character. You know, guys aren't or I'm sorry, women aren't built like that. Women aren't expected to do this kind of stuff and all of that. But here's the thing, though. Here's something that you don't get right off the bat unless you're paying attention to it. Here's the whole family, right? And everyone has magical powers. Everyone has magical powers. And we've got Louisa here. She's the oddball. She's the freak because she's not. she doesn't appear like a woman even though she is a female character. All the other women do, though. And this and this is uh, Isabella. She's a beautiful woman. She can make flowers anywhere. That's something that a girl would do. This is a proud grandmother. She does act a little male, uh, a little masculine. But overall, we can all understand that sometimes there's proud grandmothers that are the matriarchs. We get it. This is another girl. This is a woman here. Her magical power is she feeds you and she heals you with her food. Again, a very womanly trait. That kind of thing. This one is. Uh, I'm sorry, this one right here, she's very emotional. Her mood controls the weather. Again, another very female trait and all of that. And then we've got here, she's kind of a busybody because she has a superpower where she can hear anything, right? And all of those are female traits except for this one. And and if you notice, somebody in the threads noticed, look, she doesn't have gigantic ears just because she can hear everything, right? But 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 somehow she gets to be gigantic just because she's strong. And this is this is obviously uh, a worldview issue and you know you you see this movie and you can talk about it you could talk about it and i don't know if jen wilkin even would talk about this to be perfectly honest with you because i'm not so sure that she actually believes the way i do about the way the world is but this is inappropriate for a woman and so when my sons and i watched this movie we talked about all the issues and it's like that ah, that was just crazy right my sons are young so like we I, we talked to them on a young sc- uh, level this is crazy and women aren't like that they're like yeah you know that and, and we, we're talking about it right and this movie, you know, they played themselves, right? Because the movie is all about all oh, this this female dominated uh, family, and everyone's trying to fulfill these male roles, and it's a disaster. The family almost falls apart because of it. Because the grandfather had died early on, and everything's a disaster because the grandfather's not there. They ended up playing themselves, but but ultimately, they're trying to send a message here with this with this family. We get it. So when you're at home, and you see this, what they're doing is they're trying to normalize a butch gigantic woman being an actual woman. They're trying to normalize that. It's not normal. But I can tell my kids that that's not normal, and I know that they're watching this because we're at home together, right? But here's the thing. There is so much going on in public schools where it's not the lesson plan Let's say you're watching a, a, a show about NASA and how they're going to launch another satellite up there. Definitely not with the balloon. They're definitely going to launch it into space, and it's just going to hang up there for some reason. It's just going to hang up there, orbiting the Earth and all of that kind of thing. It's definitely not on a balloon, though. And they're learning about how that's all done and stuff. So the lesson plan is about astrophysics. Or just maybe just regular physics. I don't really know what it's called. Let's say, let's just, it's a lesson plan about rocket scientists. Your kids are in a, 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 a wonderful school, and they're learning about rocket scientists. A ro- rocket science. And they're learning it from a trans person. You know, a transvestite. It's a woman dressed like a man, or a man dressed like a woman. And maybe, maybe they, they're not even quite sure that it's a transvestite, but it's just kind of like they're a little, you know how you see a transvestite, and like, it's very obvious, that it's a transvestite, but sometimes it's like, it's like, because of the filters and stuff, like, you're not 100% sure, so you don't want to say anything, but like, you kind of know, that kind of thing. Your kids know even less than you do, because they've been alive a lot less, and they could see that, and they see a trans person teaching them about, about these rockets, and then they come home, and they, and you say, well, Johnny, what'd you learn about today, Johnny? And they say, well, I learned about astrophysics and rocket science. And you're like so impressed. You're like, whoa! And you talk about rocket science. Because the lesson wasn't about transsexuals. It was about rocket science. But all of a sudden, they're in a situation where that's just normal. Yeah, it's totally normal to have a, uh, a, 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 a dragon kin, demon you know, you know, know, worshiper teaching you about how the universe works. That's totally normal. That's a new authority now. You see, there's so many things that are like that, that if you're... If you're not, it's just normalizing it. Like there's so much going on here that you might not catch that they're normalizing this. They're trying to make this normal. This is a normal woman. All of them have magical powers. So does Luisa, but Luisa's the only one that's gigantic and huge and butch. And they're trying to normalize it because it's just everyone's here is just normal. They just have magical powers. It's the it's the stuff that you're not learning overtly. That they're, that they're not telling you about because they don't even know it's a thing to tell you about. That's the point. So when, yeah, they get offered drugs, you know, for the first time in the, in, the, in the bathroom, which they most certainly will be offered drugs at some point, maybe they'll run home and tell you about it, Jen. But it's the stuff that they don't even know they need to tell you about. They don't even know because it's just the air that they've breathed since they were in kindergarten to now. They don't even know to tell you about it, so how can you have a conversation about it? Look, I'm not saying it's hopeless. If your kids are in public school, I'm not saying it's hopeless, obviously. But this perspective of, oh yeah, we've had lots of conversations, we know that the worldview comes from us, that's what, that's naive. That's naive. It's a naive perspective. Public school is not a safe place for your children, in so many ways. In so many ways. And I'm not talking about gun violence, obviously. Obviously. It's not wise to send your kids to public school. It is not appropriate for a Christian to send your kids to public school. It is not appropriate. You need to do whatever whatever Jen Wilkins said, where she said you should do whatever you can to send them to public school. That is insane. That's insane. You should do whatever you possibly can to get your kids out of public school. That's the truth. From my space, that's the truth. You're not gonna hear any aggression. Uh, from that perspective on this side. I'm not saying aggression towards her. I'm, not, I'm just saying you're not going to hear any passion from their voice um, about this because that's what Gospel Coalition is. It's a passionless sect that is dedicated, slavishly dedicated to giving their strength to women. Don't be like them. In any case, that's about it. I didn't mean to go 40 minutes, but I did. So that's how we go. That's how the cookie crumbles. God bless you. I hope you found this podcast helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.